0: Awesome. Welcome in, everybody. Wednesday, March 1st. It's around 1230. It's a beautiful day here in Fairfax. I am joined by our baseball guru and extraordinaire, Sam Jesse, who's been holding it down, doing triple duty today. Had a uh, baseball catch up and is doing these two interviews with me today. But special guest today and the first guest of the day, uh, sophomore pitcher from Palmyra, Virginia, Drew Hackenberg, hailing from the Miller School of uh, please forgive me if I pronounce this incorrectly. I think I'm going to get it right. All Albemarle, Albemarle High School, uh, member of the National Honors Society. <laughs> Smarty pants. Smarty pants. Drew Hackenberg, an All-American last year, has started two games thus far, is 2-0, and and has only surrendered one earned run in 11 and two-thirds innings. Drew, welcome to the show. How you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time. So we'll kick it off with a few baseball-related questions. This one's more of a sons-of-siblings question. So three brothers, and I'm sure you get this question all the time. Christian Hackenberg, stud quarterback at Penn State. Brandon Hackenberg, stud captain of the PSU soccer team and current Orlando City member. And then Adam, a captain of the Clemson baseball team and drafted in 2021, 22nd overall. What has it been like to come from such an athletic family and who can throw the ball best in your family?
1: Uh, I mean, I mean, just coming from that family, I mean, you grew up in that household. You were just, you were raised to be competitive. I mean, that was just, that's just one word that i say cap. I mean, just punctuates everything about the family. Uh, just very competitive all the time. F- Unfortunately for me, I was the youngest. So I always got beat up there every day. I was, I was kind of the punching dummy, but at the same time helped me, uh, just better myself and become a better athlete personally. Um, and the answer the uh, the best thrower, I would say I'm definitely the most accurate. Uh, I give the best thrower, hardest thrower to Adam all day, though. Uh, his fastball is just—I mean, he just throws it very hard. It's just something he, he's always been good at. So
2: that's that's awesome. Um, I mean, if you let's say you get one of the old like Nerf wiffle—they're not wiffle balls, but like yeah. the Nerf footballs that whistle. Mm -hmm. who's throwing it the furthest that's Christian
1: Uh, he just had that in him he was the one he was the quarterback from day one since he came out Uh, I mean he was going to be that and you go you go to the field he could probably throw that thing the length of the entire field easy Uh, I never personally tested that on myself so I couldn't tell where I would be or where Adam would be but I'm gonna give that to him all day all day that's gonna be Christian
2: so Highly recruited guy coming to Virginia Tech. You step on campus. um, Preseason hype for Virginia Tech last season. Wasn't what it was this season, but still expected to be a good team in the ACC. And all of a sudden, you're expected to be one of the starting pitchers and one of the mainstay aces on the team. Were you expecting that coming into college? And how did that help prepare you for this season where you you are the ace of the staff?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, coming in, so just rewind there. I mean, coming into the season last year, into the fall, uh, I was actually coming off a little injury from the summer. So I actually didn't throw it all in the fall, like whatsoever. So in terms of me, you know, looking into being the guy, the starting guy, that's why it never came up, you know, in anything. Just like to be looked at was my name. But uh, I'd say, you know, going into my personal My personal goal was to always be a starter, always be a guy for this team uh, coming in. And I knew that was going to be my role just from talking to the coaches when I was being recruited and whatnot. But um, I'd say, you know, during the during the spring, we really started to kick it off. That's when I started to get after it. And it became apparent that I was going to, you know, somehow get into that starting weekend rotation one way or another. Uh, Obviously started on Sundays was the first start. And then we worked our way to Saturday and then Griffin did his thing, whatnot. Um, so, I mean, taking that into this year, uh, I mean, it was huge to have all that experience to play against those guys like Gavin Biddy, you know, all the guys that got drafted last year, um, to play against those guys, even in the spring before the season, that helped me tremendously. And to work with them the entire year and play with them, uh, only helped me to go do what I did last year and, you know, how it turned out last year, which was pretty good.
0: So. So moving into this year, um, after you go through that year, tremendous success. Into the offseason and now at the beginning of this year, what are the biggest areas of focus this season as a pitching group and individually for either gelling together, improvement? What have been some of the areas of focus for you? Uh, definitely the leadership
1: part. I mean, again, losing all those guys like Biddy, those older guys, um, it was tough. I mean, that's a big hit, just you know, being able to have those guys that take us out there every game and always know how to lead us, always know how to keep us up. In any moment of a ball game, so that was kind of the huge area there. Just coming into this team this season, um, in the pitching side of things, we are actually we're actually a lot better than we were last year as an overall group. I would say. I mean, we brought back me and Griffin, which was huge, um, and we brought in a lot of young guys who are looking really good, and some of our guys from last year are stepping up to the plate finally. So. You know, to to have that staff return and to have these new guys come in and not also lose much in the draft was, I mean, it's tremendous for us this year. And I believe that's going to take us and pay huge dividends going into the season and going through the season.
2: Yeah, the bullpen has looked really good to start this season. Uh, I mean, Henry Weicker especially looks virtually unhittable when he's out there. So I want to get into a little bit more in depth on your pitching last year. I don't know if you know this. You had a 40, a little over 40% whiff rate on your slider last year, Mm -hmm. which uh, is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the key to getting guys to actually swing at that pitch? Because a lot of collegiate pitchers, they maybe have that movement on their slider, but guys just don't bite on it.
1: Uh, I mean it's always comes down to placement uh, I mean I was always I, I really grew a tendency of really being able to dot that to back foot to lefties uh, and really it really comes down to making it look like your fastball I mean I've always been a movement guy with that so it kind of just correlates there when it's coming in it looks like I mean I talked to guys on the team they're like yeah it looks like looks like a fastball coming in and then next thing you know it's it's going the other way it's dropping in it. it's also like 10 miles per hour slower so uh, I mean, that was that's kind of how it's been, I guess, and it's worked out for me. So, But uh, I would say that's probably the big thing into getting the whiff rate that I had and just you know, getting those guys swinging at it all the time all last year.
0: Uh, one more follow-up from you on that. Um, so I'm a Mets fan, and I had the Jerry's Familia experience uh, mm. for three years. And I'm just curious, is there somebody in the league that you watch um, – that pitches similar to that style. Cause with the familiar thing, Mm -hmm. it was, Hey, I'm going to walk three guys and I'm going to get it to Oh three. And then I'm going to strike out three guys in a row. So I'm curious if you have anybody that you were watching uh, in the bigs that uh, pitches similar to you.
1: I mean, I never really grew up watching. I mean, I'd watch guys just through training, um, you know, to see replicate, you know, motions, uh, movement, everything. Uh, One guy I always looked into was Verlander. I mean, you can always look to that guy, future hall of famer. I mean, knows what he's doing uh always I mean guy guy worked hard. I mean, that's kind of how I look in the guys who you know how they work throughout their whole life. I mean, I grew up having Billy as well in high school, so that guy instilled a lot of stuff into me that I would't have gotten anywhere else, so just you know understanding the game better, understanding motions, you know your movement, your delivery, um all that, and then I just let the fastball do its thing. you know, I don't try and mimic anybody else too much, but understanding where I need to do what I need to do with it. And how effective it is really came into part with that. So,
2: yeah. And speaking of that fastball, I think it's, at least from a viewing perspective, it's looked really comfortable and really fluid. Like it doesn't look like you're rearing back and giving it everything you got. Looks like you're honestly out there just throwing, like you said, letting it do its job. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You're trying to get a strikeout on a guy. Is it more satisfying as a pitcher to watch him whiff at a like crazy slider? Or is it, I just want to blow a fastball by you. Is that like, which one is more satisfying as a pitcher?
1: Uh, I mean, I, as a guy that always gets the slider going and gets guys out like that, you got to admit to the fastball. I mean, there's nothing like rearing up and letting the fastball go. And then the guy just, you know, completely missing it. I mean, for strike three, especially, you know, it's just kind of like, it's like, it makes you feel like you're the man out there and you just did something really good. I mean, the slider feels like you're kind of a baby. It's like, you're just doing it. But I mean, I have to do that a couple of times. So but being able to do that last with this past weekend uh was awesome it, it's not feeling like it it's no feeling
2: so like, like it. when you when that call comes in like two two count and you get that call for like high fastball do you mm-hmm. do you get a little bit like stoked on that like mm-hmm. is that like I can imagine you getting excited for that and especially with like pitchcom you kind of hear that coming in
1: mm-hmm.
2: what yeah, has no, you, i mean what is yeah, the change that, to pitchcom been like because you I believe it was Saturday you went to that. You had mm-hmm. 10 strikeouts with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually just our <laughs> that was the first game we ever used it. I mean, we kind of kind of got the news that Friday that came in and we were like I was just like, "Hey, screw it. Like, let's try it out. Like, I want to see how it feels, see what it's like." Um wasn't too worried about it. If we if it didn't work out, we could have went to signs. I was comfortable with it, but I was like, "Yeah, if this is going to make it quicker, if this is going to keep pace going, I mean, I definitely want to try it out and to have that and to be able to use that." I mean, that was that was huge, and keeping my pace of play, and also just keeping my momentum throughout that whole game. So I'd say that's a huge uh, tool that we added into the uh, to the rotation for the weekends.
2: Does it take some of the mental stress off of the pitching, and I guess for your catcher as well, of getting the signs in, understanding the signs getting all that you know there's a lot of mental work that goes in before every pitch that seems like pitchcom has kind of made it so you can focus more on mechanics and the hitter in front of you
1: yeah no it, it 100% takes away all that all the extra stuff that could potentially cause a problem like getting crossed up and whatnot with the catcher i mean huge for uh, garrig as well i mean garrig loved it it was easy for him it was easy for both of us so uh, i definitely say that that i mean it's a big tool uh, made us more comfortable and allows us to focus on other things outside of just trying to understand what signs, what fingers he's throwing down. So little stuff like that.
2: And I, this, this isn't as much a question, but it tech's averaging over 10 runs per game. Mm. That's got to feel pretty good as a pitcher. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we I wouldn't be
1: surprised if we had that going in the last year a little bit after we got into our groove. I mean, just having that, having that offensive firepower behind you going into every game, like, you know, they're going to score runs. I just got to do my job, keep, keep less than two on the board. And I know I'm I'm probably going to get the win for it. So it's always a ease off the mind there. Uh, Sometimes it doesn't work out and then that's when you guys step it up. But obviously we don't, I mean, we're going to be pretty confident in them at all times
2: this year. Does, Does that change how you pitch? Do you think you can be a little bit more aggressive as a pitcher when you know, like my guys can get me seven, eight runs?
1: Yeah, it allows me to just do my thing. I mean, again, you know, having the fastball, I have the sinker ball. I mean, it usually it works out anyways, you know, just getting it in the zone somewhere. A Guy's going to roll over. I'm going to have CB David behind me making an easy play. Um, I, I've always just been able to do that. But that that especially does help with me being able to just, you know, just pound the zone, probably go fastball the rest of the game if we're up by like 10. So it just makes it easy. Makes it easy on my arm, too. So.
0: Moving on to a couple of rapid fire questions, moving away from uh, the sports aspect of things. If you could get dinner with four people dead or alive, who would they be and where are you going to eat?
1: Ooh. That's tough. Uh, I mean, obviously somewhere with a nice steak or something like that. So we'll go, I'll just say Outback because I don't know many places there. Like, well, the farmhouse here here in Christiansburg somewhere. I mean, that, that was good when I went there. Um, but the four people – Ooh, I'm gonna go baseball here. I'm gonna go Greg Maddox because that guy I can mimic as well. That's another guy I mimic, so I learned from him a little bit. Met Killer, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we had Chipper, but I would definitely say uh, Barry Bonds to get into the head of a good good hitter mm-hmm. um, to understand what his mindset's like. Uh, then two celebrities here. We'll go. Uh, shoot,
0: Ryan Reynolds and Tom Cruise. Wow. I Tom Cruise there. Okay. Um, no, you spend a lot of time down in Charlottesville and I want to premise this. I want to preface this question with this. Charlottesville is a fantastic town. Like awesome town. I don't get the chirping of Charlottesville. Yeah. I, I have an amazing time every time I go to Charlottesville. So the question originally was say something nice about Charlottesville, but what was your favorite thing to do in that area? Whether it was a place to eat, place to go, uh, what your favorite thing to do down there?
1: Oh, shoot. I mean, we don't have it here, but uh, Raising Canes, I'd, uh, that was a—that was an automatic spot to go to on a weekday at least once or twice in the whole entire week for me, especially with my brothers. Um, I mean, other than that, you can go see a movie, you can go bowling. There's a lot of stuff you can do there. I Usually when I'm in there, though, I was either in there for baseball or I was in there for Canes. It was one of the two. So, I mean, I'd have to go easy just going to Canes and chilling out with your friends, getting a good meal
0: in, and then probably afterwards going home playing video games or something. Favorite on the diamond memory as a Hokie and off the diamond memory as a hokey. so far. I know it's not been that long, but give yeah, what you got so far. I, I got, I was lucky with last year
1: though. Cause I had a couple, uh, I definitely just have to say Fenway. I mean, going and pitching at Fenway last year. That's like a, that's a, that's a baseball player's dream come true. I mean, oldest park. You could, as soon as you walked on that mound, you're like, you, ha- you felt everything about it. Everything about the, just the atmosphere of it just hit you. It was, it was amazing. Um, and I would say off the diamond, ooh. I'd have to say after the Miami game, uh, that was another good one too. After the Miami game, just going around and seeing everybody supporting and then just, you know, everybody throwing the U down, uh, like in Main Street area whatnot, you know, just having fun. It was kind of fun being able to go out there with some of the boys and just relax a little bit. But uh, I'd say that's my favorite off the, off the field there, memory here.
0: No, it's been – I got to tell you, as being someone who's – you know, I was at Tech before they did the renovations to the baseball stadium and the reception that not only has followed women's basketball and softball, but to see the stadium packed out and everything like that. I mean, I've always admired and grew up. wasn't a huge college baseball follower, but my dad went to Ole Miss and I would always tune in and see the environment that Ole Miss had. And I was like, damn, I'd give it'd be damn cool if we could get it growing like that in Blacksburg. It's been cool to see us kind of uh, adopt that baseball culture. It's been it's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, sure pregame ritual pregame superstition whether it be you or someone on your team who does something funky before a game can you repeat that sorry like yeah no that. no no uh okay, sorry. do you have any pregame rituals or superstitions or do any of your teammates have any odd superstitions or rituals before games
1: i personally don't have many i mean usually i'm in the locker room bumping some atl rap of some sort just you know just bumping getting into the vibe of it but uh I mean, little stuff, just like lucky socks. I mean, we have a couple guys who are like lucky socks. They'll have their specific shoes. I mean, just sort of stuff like that. I mean, we got the guys with the custom stuff. Jonah's got his custom uh, cleats. So he, from he just got them this year. So I mean, he's always about being swaggy out there. Um, but nothing too much. There's nothing like crazy in our in our locker room. I don't think so.
0: Favorite place to eat in Blacksburg. And yes, we are at this is a pro get canes in Blacksburg. So we're doing everything we can on our end. But what from what we got, what is your favorite?
1: Favorite place. Mm. I'm just gonna go with Cabo. I mean, I mean, you can't miss with Cabo. Uh great tacos, great quesadillas. They got everything you want there. So I mean, just go with that easy, easy little Cabo
2: answer there. Billy Ray, we need to start keeping stats on the favorite places in Blacksburg.
0: We do. We do absolutely need to keep a stat on that. Um, yeah, we got to get a we got to get a running total on there. Um, I think it's the first time we've heard anything about Outback though, which I think is criminally underrated. <laughs> I'm a big Outback guy. <laughs> um, moving on to letters from the lunch pail, some questions written in by uh listeners. Uh Sam, you got the
2: first? Yeah. Yeah, so Vincent Osborne ask and this is a really good question. Small mm-hmm. sample size so far, only a couple starts, but Higher K-rate this year. Anything special that you worked on to miss more bats or to get more strikeouts as a pitcher?
1: Uh, we did try and add a 4 seamer in, so just a little different from the two-seamer. Uh, stay straight. I mean, I'm not going to say it's an exceptional pitch, but it's, it is completely different from my normal fastball that you may see. Uh, we definitely wanted to add that in there a little more just to get a different look, and it's worked out. worked out last year. came in a little bit last year. Um, but we really worked on that over the season and then we want to get that change up going too, uh, which is another thing we worked on. But really that that four seam
0: was the big key with that, with the strikeouts. Sam, you'll remember this, uh, but one of my favorite stories and conversations that we've had on this podcast was with Ian Seymour, who completely transformed his game. I believe he, hold me accountable here, Sam, he switched from a four seam to a two seam over a summer. and I just- believe so. Yeah, and completely, completely changed the trajectory of his career, um, which is different than any other sport. You don't hear of a quarterback change in the way he throws a ball or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. interesting to see how he can make those changes. The uh, The other one that we have came from Gavin Cross, and he said, uh, can you ask Hack if he misses pitching to me at all uh, or if he doesn't miss pitching to me?
1: Oh, that, oh he's such a – he's scummy for that. Uh <laughs> I would say i would say yeah i miss pitching to him because he was great to learn from uh because go- coming into the fall or in spring when i faced him he went five for five off me every ball was easily hit over 105 he just demolished everything i threw at him um i'd say yes and no to that but n- no in terms of if we were playing in a real game because he is he is an exceptional hitter and it's actually just insane how good of a hitter he is when he gets into the box
0: his mindset um just a good player. Just a really good player. Let's we'll keep it simple. Last one that I have for you, and I see the uh, I see the poster behind you, the building in Blacksburg uh, poster. And my question really is for any youngster that's considering Virginia Tech: What has the experience been like for you so far? What are you guys building, and how special is the culture in Blacksburg right now? Uh, I mean.
1: Everything everything about it is special. I mean, you go to the coaching staff, you start with those guys. I mean, that's that's who we want to come. That's what all of us wanted to come here and play for was really Coach Chef. I mean, we come into the building, we know what guy we're working with, we know what he's going to do, what he's going to provide for us. Um, and just the type of guy he is. I mean, he's not like most coaches where you can hear around the college baseball world where some guys may be like, their, their mindsets are crazy. Uh, Chef's a laid-back guy, but he can jump on you when he needs to, or when he does need to. Um, But for the most part, he lets us do our thing and he knows he brings the right guys in. I mean, it's just it's simple as that. You got to have a mindset where you're going to come to work every day and get one percent better. I mean, that's what he expects. That's what we all expect. So I'd say that's a huge thing, you know, over these past few years. What he's really been trying to build here was uh, getting that culture in together. Um, That's the main thing there. And then, you know, for kids coming in here, I mean, you just got to learn what to expect here. I mean, you're going to come in here. You're not going to be babied um you're gonna come in here you're gonna get your work done and you're gonna you're expected to get your work done uh, on and off the field too he's huge off the field with school that's why we had like the highest gpa we had so he's just you know he's a good dude knows what to do knows how to handle his athletes is really the big thing with that so
0: drew you're a gentleman and a scholar best of luck the rest of the season we're looking forward to it and thank you so much for joining us today appreciate it thank you thanks drew
1: Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best.
4: That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info.
0: All right, everybody, again, Wednesday, March 1st, it's around 1 o'clock, just wrapped up with Drew, and we are joined now by sophomore infielder from Virginia Beach, Virginia, Carson Demartini, who is batting three seventy nine so far with 14 RBIs in eight games. Pretty damn good, Carson. Welcome <laughs> to the show. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. We're excited about it. So uh, I'll let Sam kick it off with, uh, we've got about three segments for you, and we'll start off with uh, with the baseball end of things.
2: Yeah, man, it's been a you know great start to the season so far, especially for the offense, averaging over 10 runs per game. You lost a lot of MLB caliber production last year. Schobel, Cross, Biddy, uh, Cade Hunter. How have you guys kept up that, you know, kept up that offensive energy? And you know, was there a little bit of pressure heading into this season to keep up with that historic offense? Yeah. Um, I mean those guys
4: obviously were great players and key factors in our lineup, but I attribute it to the, uh, to the new guys, um, that have come in our, our transfers, mostly, um, Chris Cannizzaro in the two hole here, um, batting in front of me is just absolutely putting on a show. Um, he hit for the cycle last weekend. Uh, I mean, I think he's got three, maybe four homers, David Bryant, Eddie Isert, um, those guys kind of coming in and being able to fill in some spots. And then, and then with Jack Hurley, obviously being one of the best hitters in college baseball, um, it's, it's, it's hard to beat that. And then you got Carson Jones, it comes in. Um, and then now Christian Martin's making an impact in the lineup. My roommate actually. Um, I mean, those guys, those guys coming in um, is, is really helping. Um, there wasn't ever really like, a man, we lost these guys. We're trying to replace them. It's more so kind of building our own identity, as a as a lineup this year, not trying to replace what we lost.
2: Yeah, no, you spoke of Chris Canazaro. He hit for the cycle with two home runs. So cycle and then an extra home run. He's also hitting 470 on the year, mm-hmm. which is pretty darn good. Oh yeah. Going like you come into this offseason and this was really the first off season that I can remember that Virginia Tech baseball had serious national, you know, hype going into this season. Was that, first off, like, was that something you expected when you signed with Virginia Tech right off the bat in, in year two? And then also, what was that like as you're, you we'll talk about playing in Cape Cod, but like, what was it like kind of being around guys from other schools? Like, oh man, Tech, like those guys can hit. Those guys have a good program.
4: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I, I necessarily thought we'd be at this level that we're at right now uh, when I signed to come here, but I for sure thought we were going to, we we're going to have something going, you know, coach chef has won everywhere he's gone. Um, and then I think every, every school he's been to, uh, within at least maybe five or six years, he's brought that team, uh, to the playoffs and, and one of the better teams in their conference, uh, where, wherever he's been. So, um, I mean, I, I was kind of expecting to be good, but maybe not this good. Uh and then I mean with the with the whole preseason hype, like being on the team, it's not it's not so much like it for me, I think it's a little bit easier now because we kind of all we have to do is go out and play. There's no like there's nothing dragging on us, like man, if, if we don't win, like like we're we're gonna have a bad year again and we're gonna do this and and like it, that that's not really happening this year. Um, it's just kind of like, we're just, you know, to go out and play. And then the ranking just kind of a number and just kind of floats around.
0: So speaking of Cape Cod, I lived in Newport, Rhode Island this past summer. First of all, beautiful, beautiful area of the country. Um, yeah. had an amazing time. So you just a little ways up North, you played for the Brewster Whitecaps this summer in Cape Cod. Can you tell me a little bit about what that experience was like? And not to harp on it, we said in the last episode for, uh, Drew was talking about a couple of changes that he made over the summertime. I talked to Ian Seymour, I think it was two years ago about just a change that he made coincidentally in the uh, Cape Cod league, again, adding a different pitch and completely changing the trajectory of his career. Um, tell me a little bit about that experience and what it meant for you and how uh, it impacted your game.
4: Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Cape, like you said, is beautiful. Uh, it's, it's very similar to kind of where I'm from, Virginia beach. Uh, it's just kind of a little older, older atmosphere, but yeah, uh, The Cape as a hitter is a little different than as a pitcher because you're out there playing every day uh, and you're, and you're kind of having to grind through it. It's for sure a pitcher's league. Um, So you said there's your, there are ups and downs you go through and more, more often than not they're downs um, in the Cape. So I think the Cape is really more to teach you kind of how to, how to handle failure and how to be able to, to kind of stay on your process and like. And not, not worry about your batting average, not worry about how many hits you're getting, um, not worry about any of that. It's it's more about kind of staying on your process and being able to grind every single day, day in and day out. And that's, that's kind of what it taught me.
2: Yeah, I actually watch you play a game up there this summer you play the orlean i think it's orlean firebirds Mm -hmm. um they play at historic eldridge park which is the most ridiculous looking baseball stadium (laughs) you've ever seen it's literally just at a middle school it's if you ever have the opportunity to go to cape cod over the summer you got to go cape cod league it's like pure baseball americana but eldridge park 434 feet to center field uh-huh. and 315 to the polls Yep. It's, um wow. did you ever see anybody hit a center field home run there
4: i did not but i heard some stories uh about some some guys that used to play there back in the day you know like aaron judge played in the cape um all the kyle schwarber played in the cape these big power guys in mlb now I, i've heard stories of them going them going bridge out the center field but uh I mean, I was taking BP out there, and I was smoking balls in the center, and I was (laughs) – and and we're using wood bats too, so and we're using softer balls. So, I mean, I'm probably hitting them halfway out to the outfield, and I'm like, man, I'm smoking balls today, and they're going nowhere. And Not to mention the grass is probably four or five inches high, so it hits the grass and just stops, so it it makes it look even worse. But very, very interesting field, but great place to play.
2: Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a really awesome just vibe up there. Again, if you ever have the opportunity, oh, yeah. you got to go up there, put up a lawn chair, get a hot dog. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, while you are up there, you played shortstop some. And at Tech here, you're at third base. And, you know, yeah, you can maybe like one position more than the other, but how does being able to play both positions kind of help your game and, and help your range, especially on that left side of the infield? Uh, yeah, be, being able to play shortstop and then actually playing third base, I think is
4: what you said about rain, being able to range um, is, is one of the bigger things. Normally, your typical third baseman or your kind of beefier, kind of stockier guys that don't move very well, and your shortstop's a long, lengthy guy that can go get balls. Where I feel like I can now range out a little bit further and help our shortstop, David Bryant, who's doing an excellent job right now for us. Um, I, I can help him where he doesn't have to feel like he has to range so far in a six hole. Maybe he can play a little bit more up the middle. Um, it just, just, it kind of helps the whole infield play. Um, and then, and then actually playing shortstop because, you know, I played short, um, inner squads and, and in the Cape, like you said, um, it, it helps because at shortstop. You kind of control the field and you gotta, you gotta lead cuts and you gotta, you gotta talk about this and that, and you're talking with the pitcher. Um, you're you are you controlling the field. So it just helps you from a, a mental side of the game where like you're actually like kind of not coaching the game, but like you're you're mentally going through it.
2: Switching things up a bit here, um, the hammer <laughs> big, big off season storyline, big storyline now. Free the hammer, of course. That's right. <laughs> um, look, it's everyone around college baseball loves it. The rules have been real you know, what they are. You guys have been uh, I use the old Virginia Tech motto, which is the true Virginia Tech motto: "Invent the future." You've had to get a little creative with it, but <laughs> why? Why is it so important to you guys? And like, what does it do for the morale of of the fellas there when somebody makes a big play? Uh, it's just,
4: um, I mean, it's 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 turned into probably a little bit bigger than it should. Uh, it, it was kind of just like a simple little little nab I had at the uh, at the NCAA there for a sec. Um, and it's kind of turned into this whole thing. We got, we got our merch out and everything now. You go get shirts and posters. Um, but it's it's more so like it's it's just something like when we first started doing the hammer. Uh, that's what that's what people came out to see. Like people were in the stands and like Gavin Cross, his freshman year, hit a home run. Everybody wanted to see him slam the hammer. Like that was like a huge thing and. As, as long as we can kind of keep that going, um, I, I think whatever kind of publicity it gets um, is, is the right publicity just to, just to kind of keep, keep it going and everybody comes out for it.
0: I always tell people, and this is on the subject of Virginia Tech baseball in general, um, and we've had some awesome, awesome players come through Virginia Tech over, over the time there. Um, but I want to harp on how, in, how special it is to be a part of building something rather than jumping on a train that's already moving at full speed. Um, what has it been like to watch the rise of the program? And you even mentioned it, like you guys are ahead of schedule, um, whether it's your schedule, whether it's our schedule. Like it's been unbelievable to watch what's going on. Um, what has it been like to watch the rise of this program? And what are kind of the goals? And what do you guys have as like a north star to measure success? Yeah, yeah. Well, I
4: mean, I'll tell you, in, in high school, watching watching the guys, and even that uh, that COVID shortened year. I mean, we were we were legit. Uh, and it's just like like sitting there in high school. I'm like, man, I just want to get to campus. I just want to go play. I just want to graduate already. Um, you're kind of seeing yourself in the future uh, be- before you actually get there. Uh, that's something something really special. Not many people uh, can do that and actually actually have a chance to like be a part of something and and kind of create it uh, or, or at least help create it. Uh, I mean, it's 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 really neat that we're uh, that we're kind of like just moving along um and then honestly in the future man it's just it's just kind of staying steady um coach jeff talks about all the time it's just kind of coming out day in and day out and just kind of doing your thing and and stuff will stuff will take care of yourself obviously you know the big goal is is omaha in the college world series and we're not scared of saying that we're not we i mean we almost made it last year and, and this year we're gonna we're gonna try and make another run at it um but, I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's the goal is to is to get there. Um, that's what everybody wants to do. So it's more so just kind of just steadily just going on. And after I leave here, um, hopefully the guys can kind of the, – the freshmen that are here right now and that come in next year can kind of carry on that, that culture and brotherhood that we have um, and just kind of keep this program building to one of the top in the country.
2: Yeah, and last year was by far the best season of Virginia Tech baseball in its history. Uh, ended in a tough way to a team that was incredibly hot at the end of the year and really talented in Oklahoma. But do you think the experience of just like winning that regional and then playing in a high-stakes super regional against like, let's face it, any team you play in a super regional is going to come in. They're going to be really hot and they're going to be really talented and on a roll. Does that experience like, okay, we faced the team that was playing like that and hitting every ball and their pitchers were on. Now, next time we see that, maybe it's not Oklahoma, but maybe it's you know someone else. We've played against a team that's having the same momentum that we're having.
4: Yeah, experience is everything. Being able to being able to take a step back outside yourself when you're when you're playing in a big moment. Not even the, the super regional. Like we're playing, we're gonna play Virginia here soon. Uh, looking looking in the future, we're going down to Miami, going down to Florida State. Um, I mean, these are these are as good as you're gonna get games. Uh, I mean any team in the ACC has a shot at going to Omaha and is good enough to do it. Just kind of about what you said, who's hot. Um, so, I mean, every weekend it's kind of just, you're building more experience. Um, exactly what I gained from, uh, from the regional super regional playing in front of a bunch of fans and facing the best guys in the country.
0: Talking to folks like you when you were in Virginia beach and you were watching during the COVID stoppage, uh, I asked coach Marv this, and I think it's such an important question. Um, for people that are considering playing for Virginia Tech baseball, if someone were to tune in as a fan, as a recruit, as anything, and may not know your team, maybe watching for the first time, what do you want the culture of this team? What do you want that person to step away from and say, wow, Virginia Tech is a really blank baseball team?
4: Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, it hard, hard nose, I probably would say is, is the, the right word. Um, we We always talk about like playing the game the right way. And and playing hard, and and I feel like, like if you, if you come out and watch us, like there's a lot of little things that, that kind of sneak in throughout the game that maybe the average eye might not, might not see, but baseball guys see it, and it's and it's really impressive. I mean, the way that like Jack Hurley will will hit a ground ball through the four hole, and the right fielders like slowly get into it, and boom, he takes second. Just like small stuff like that is just it's second to none, and that's exactly what we want this program to be for sure. Yeah.
0: I'll never forget. That's, uh, it's interesting you say that because when I went down the first time that I saw coach chef coach, I think it was 2019 and I went down for the UVA series. Uh, and the one thing that stood out was playing small ball and taking advantage of every single thing that the other team gives you. So that's some that's yeah. something that you guys are preaching and working on every single day.
4: Oh yeah. I mean, like you, you see it in our practices, not, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure our practices are open so like people can come out and watch them, but man, it doesn't matter if there's nobody in the fan, in the, uh, in the stands, like we're getting after it during practice. Like we're hooting and hollering across the field during BPs, live BPs, guys are taking tight turns around the bases and, and diving into second base um, making, making sliding catches in the outfield. Like it's just kind of the way we go about our business, even like in our lifts in our lifts too. Like we're pumping music and obviously everybody loves to lift cause everybody wants to get big and look good. But I mean, just like every, everything we, we go like how we go about our business, man. It's just like, it's really hard nose. It's really gritty.
0: Moving on to our rapid fire segment, some baseball, some non-baseball. Uh, the first one, favorite one to ask and everybody knows is coming. Uh, if you could have dinner with four people dead or alive, who are those four people and where are you going to eat? All right. Um
4: so I would say first person I would have I would have to bring to that dinner would be Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Uh, just, you guys kind of look I'm alike. Like, I don't mean to
0: pump up your ego, but you guys
4: kind of look alike. I lo- I love the way the dude talks. Um I feel like he's he's super smart, super entertaining. Um I feel like that dude can carry a conversation. Um then I would love I would love to sit down with Snoop Dogg and just kind of hear, like, what's going through his mind, if, if anything. Yeah. Um, and just kind of see what he's got. Um, and then, I mean, like, George Washington, like, like the, our first ever president. Uh, I mean, the dude built our country. Like, I feel like that's a that's a pretty unique conversation not many people get to have. Um, and then, man, who else would I bring dead or alive? We'll go to the sports guy. Um I would really, really like to. I'd probably say David Wright. David Wright, love David Wright. Yeah, David Wright. He, uh, my my dad and my high school coach, kind of coached him for a little bit growing up in Virginia Beach, and he's been like one of my favorite players ever. Um, And I just, anytime I can get down, sit and talk with him, you know, that'd be uh, really cool. I just watched him play third base growing up, and. Kind of now, I'm I'm moving into third base, and it it's really cool.
0: David Wright doesn't seem like something we're gonna have to. I have a little bit of a connection there, so you know, David Wright's a huge Virginia Tech fan, and his Mets locker he used to have a Virginia Tech football helmet. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah his,
4: his his brothers. Yeah, his we gotta brother find brother.
0: we gotta find a way to get him to get him to a game. We'll see if we can't make we'll see if we can't make that happen. Yeah. For um, sure sons of spotify what is carson Martini listening to in his headphones? <laughs> well so you can you can look
4: you look me up on spotify if you want i probably have 30 playlists um i love house music house music nice. is like it's my favorite um what, what i'm listening to right now here the uh the most recent song and it's it's all over tiktok it's um what's it
0: called um you're also oh, yeah. gonna have to. You're also gonna have to drop or, or send me the the Spotify thing because we're gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. It's uh, food for the soul by It's Murph right now. It's a, uh, it's it's all over my TikTok and man, I love I love house music. Yes, all the guys on the team, like we walk in the locker room or, or, in the weight room or anything, and there's there's like house EDM music playing. Um, they're like, all right, CD's got the aux. Like nobody else is playing this. <laughs>
0: Who? Uh, so I won't let you pick David Wright. I don't know if it'd be your answer, but who is your favorite third baseman ever? Yeah, David. David Wright. For well, sure. Who's number two then? You, um, always, I wasn't letting you double up there.
4: Yeah. Uh, you know, I love. I love watching Nolan Arenado play. I mean, he's not. He's. Yep. He's, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Um, mm-hmm. but he's not done playing yet. Uh, obviously, but man, he's just he's he's so cool to watch play. I mean, he's he's just so so nonchalant about everything he does. And he's so good at it. Uh, you just, you watch him play defense and mint picks, picks he makes just like just incredible plays. He makes them look so easy sliding and diving. And plus the, the cannon to like add to his glove is, is just, is unreal.
2: You know, as a, you know, guardians fan myself watching Jose Ramirez play third where he uh-huh. like, doesn't look like a third baseman. He's like a shorter stockier guy, a little more quick twitch. You kind of remind me defensively of that where you play the game at, at the speed that you usually see a shortstop or second baseman play, but you're over there at third. So I, I just think that it's like kind of a unique defensive style for, for third base, and it creates some cool highlight plays. So that's a guy defensively kind of remind remind me of that more quick twitch defender. Yeah, thank
0: you. Um, meeting Chipper Jones. Again, Mets fan. Murdered the Mets my entire childhood. Um, baseball Night in Blacksburg is 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 amazing. I mean, I, I don't know how it, it doesn't. It did this year, but in the past, some of the names that would come through, I remember Tim Kirchhen was in Blacksburg. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing event. So what was it like just to see the... Um, see the reception with the fans meet chipper jones tell us a little bit about that night yeah
4: i mean not not many people can say they've they've shook a hall of famers hand um and and talked to him eye to eye and um i mean i i didn't realize until evan hughes started going over his stats like just absolutely how dominant he was obviously my dad will, will remind me every day that chipper jones destroyed the mets um and absolutely owned them, but uh I mean, he's like quite possibly statistically maybe one of the greatest third basemen, the best switch hitter of all time, though. Um, but, I mean, it's just – it's it's really neat to to see kind of the formulation of, of events like that. Um, you know, we had the the last one last year with uh, Jeff Passan came in um, – baseball writer um we did that at the end and, and there was a good amount of people there but man this year it was packed and it was uh, a bunch of bunch of donors came out and local local uh local businesses and um it's just it's really neat to kind of see that formulation
0: uh favorite memory on and off the diamonds so far in blacksburg Ooh, uh,
4: favorite memory on would probably be know uh, what stealing home against nc state was really cool uh i stole home like once or twice in my career. Um, it was, it was really neat, especially cause it was in the snow. Like you don't, you don't play many games in the snow. Um, but I mean, obviously winning the, winning, winning the ACC championship when we beat Duke um, and kind of sealing. I think that was our 40th win of the season uh, in the regular season. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, I mean, that was, that was so cool. Um, and then favorite memory off the field, like, like,
0: Non baseball related, something whether it's something you do in Blacksburg, a different sporting event. Oh, I'd
4: probably say me and me and my best friends, my senior high school, went to Costa Rica for a week uh, and went out and surfed all week. Uh, It was it was awesome. Um, We we got a big old house out there, and three three dads came with us, um, and we just we literally we woke up in the morning, went out and surfed, came back, ate went out and surfed later and then went out and surfed like in the evening. Um, and then, like It was, it was really, really cool. Um, something, something I'll, I'll remember forever for sure. Are
0: you So did you surf a lot in Virginia beach? So, so when I was living in California, yes, my fat ass was on a surfboard. It was my first <laughs> time. And I don't think there's a better feeling in the world than the first time you stand up on a surfboard. So is that your first time? Or you've been doing that for a while?
4: Yeah, no, nah, I've been, I've been surfing my, my whole life now. I'm not, mm. Kelly Slater, professional surfer. Like I'm not going to go rip up pipeline or anything like that. I'm, I'm out there kind of just to have fun, but yeah, me, me and my buddy has been surfing my whole life, uh, li- living at the beach. Like it's just something you go do in the summer and when you get, get waves. Cause in Virginia beach, man, there's, there's not many waves that come around when, when we do, like we, we go out there and we're out there for a while.
2: What's the best surf spot in Virginia beach? Uh, the outer banks. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. That's, a, that's the right answer. <laughs>
4: Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd, pro- I'd probably say, I don't know, there's a little sandbar now that's kind of formulating out in uh, 71st Street uh, that people have been going out to lately. But uh, yeah, when when it gets good, me and my buddies, the same guys I went to Costa Rica with, we'll drive down the Outer Banks. It's like an hour and a half, um, two hours and go surf down there.
0: I don't know how that's I don't know how that's gonna land, Carson. I've I've been a little I've been a little rough on Virginia Beach a little bit, and you you dropping the Outer Banks is the best place to surf, and <laughs> might get a little uh might get some chirps from that.
2: <laughs> well, at least you're at least you're a true like Virginia Beach person. Mm. You can say like, oh, I'm from Virginia Beach, and you're 45 minutes from any water whatsoever down yeah. there. So, uh, yeah, it's that's that's awesome. We get a a true Virginia Beacher on the team. <laughs> Who's the funniest teammate? Oh, the funniest teammate,
4: um, man, I'd probably say Jack Hurley. I mean, the, the stuff, the stuff that goes on in his head, um, (laughs) just, man, he'll he'll tell, he'll tell you. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this if, if I didn't, if like, he wouldn't say the same thing, but man, he is just, he's so quirky. Um, he, he makes up all these, like, he's got, he's got a little second persona, um, that that comes out every once in a while i mean i mean the guy is just so unpredictable and things he's gonna say um anytime you need to you need to laugh or you need to make make fun of a situation um, jack's jack's the go-to guy
0: any pregame rituals superstitions weird things that your teammates do uh any of that going on in the uh, in the locker room
4: man growing up uh i was the biggest superstition guy like drive into the field, like I would have to look at the same stop signs and I would have to look at, like, like I would have to make the same turn. And I have, like, I would literally try and do the exact same thing. Um, I've kind of grown out of that because if I didn't do it correctly, I'd go to the field and I'm like, man, I'm not good to hit today. Uh, I don't know if that's the best way to go about it. Um, but I just, I mean, honestly, Everybody's really laid back in the locker room, man. Before, before a game, we got we got music going. Um, guys are just kind of hanging out. Uh, and just, like, I'm sitting in my locker and just everybody's getting ready to go play. Um, nobody really does anything crazy. Uh, I got a little book I read before uh, before I go play. But other than that, like, that's, that's pretty much it.
0: We have one letter from the lunch pail right in. And uh, at first, I kind of wanted to poke fun at Pat here. Um but his question is can you please explain to me what a hum babe is? <laughs>
4: <laughs> so yeah, um hum babe I I actually I say that I probably say it 150 times during a game.
0: It's uh, probably more than that.
4: Yeah, pro- probably more than that. <laughs> and it just it it just kind of rolls off the tongue and it's something I've been saying for my entire life. Um it's it's just kind of like like here we go so- something like that um just like Talking, talking to, talking to somebody like, hey Sam, hum babe, like something like that, like get him, get him going. Uh, it, it's honestly like a filler word. It's like using like or um sometimes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta shout out my guy Joey Sullivan. I don't know if you knew him, but anytime you went to any Virginia Tech baseball game, if he wasn't playing, he was being audibly heard. Uh, <laughs> it was a, it was a hum babe about 200, 250 times a <laughs> game. So. Um, no, love the baseball coach that you guys are building. Absolutely fired up for this year. It's been a ton of fun watching the success on both Diamonds, basketball. Uh, I, this is kind of an impromptu one. What I really enjoyed, I listened to your interview on Tech Sideline, um, and you mentioned how important it was to you when you came to Virginia Tech that um, that Wit was a baseball guy. Uh, our athletic director is a baseball guy. So I kind of wanted to double down on that. Like, What have you seen from Virginia Tech – in making baseball a priority or putting baseball in the best position to be successful.
4: Yeah. I mean, you, you just look at our facilities, man. I mean, we have one of the, one of the nicest overall facilities um, in the country and we really don't bring in that much money in comparison to some of the other schools who have these grand facilities. Uh, And I mean, that just, that just speaks to, to how much, um, he he really cares about our our program and and how much chef is is able to to go out and advocate for us um just like be be that guy that's always trying to push push something um across the table for us like the pitching lab getting done um out in left field and even like we got like i think the other day we had like five or six new sponsors up on the wall um just like small stuff like that man it's just it's just the the more the more we can get, um, the 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 easier it is, or the easier it makes our life. Um, I don't I don't really have to worry about like getting something to eat in between lift and practice because we have a nutrition like bar or, like in our own facility. Like not many people have that um, opportunity, or like I don't have to worry about going to the library and finding parking parking on campus because we have a. Like a, a team room with computers and chairs um, in our facility, like stuff, small stuff like that. I mean, is a is a big game changer. It just makes our life so much easier.
0: Carson, this has been a ton of fun. Best of luck the rest of the season. We'd love to chop it up again and keep up the awesome work and keep swinging that hammer, man. We're excited for you.
4: For sure. Thanks for having me on.
3: wander tripping in the sand we smoke out windows drink till we can't stand but I saw you dance like you want to in my head and all that she said is oh I just what you're thinking